Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through some not-so-hard times. Data with a WWE WrestleMania 40 kickoff instant reaction edition of your favorite professional wrestling podcast. We are coming to you just minutes after that WrestleMania kickoff concluded. We're going to break down every single thing that happened involving Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, The Rock, and many other WWE superstars. We have another loaded show for you coming up. And again, our second instant reaction in as many weeks. So quickly off the top, we're really not going to waste any time tonight. Allow me to remind you that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast is all about Defy. So please leave some five-star ratings for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a full review on Apple. If you do, we'll read it live right here on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news, highlights, analysis, all that good stuff. And please also remember, I happen to love the number... Five. And I hope you do as well. For $5 a month, 50 for the entire year, you can become an official Getting Overhead. Just visit buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. Sign up, you get bonus audio, exclusive news posts, and a lot more. All of that at buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. And if for some reason you don't want to do that, but you still want to contribute to the show financially, you want to donate, you want to help us grow, you can hit us up on Venmo. It's just my name, at Adam Silverstein. The icon is the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. We're taking donations just to pay our hosting fees to continue upgrading our equipment and so on again, Venmo at Adam Silverstein. All right, that is the quickest intro we've probably ever done here on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. We're gonna dive right into this WWE WrestleMania 40 kickoff. Allow me to welcome in vintage Chris Vanini, who will be joining us for the entirety of today's proceedings. And Chris, no matter what we're about to discuss from this kickoff and really an entire day's worth of WWE promotion on Thursday. I think it's fair to say that it's legitimately wild that WWE got its entire fan base along with casual fans and the media at large this hyped up about a freaking press conference for a show that's two months away. This was the most interesting thing from Super Bowl media week. Easily. Uh, I think. Without a doubt. Also, it wasn't even a press conference. They, they didn't take no. Questions. It was it a kickoff. Out to just be a press event. It was a like kickoff, we, like we yeah. thought. It was. It ended up just being a little. It ended up just being a promo segment, basically. Yeah. <laughs> on the stage in T-Mobile Arena. Uh, yeah, that was exciting. A lot to talk about. A lot of thoughts. So before we even get to that kickoff event, which is properly termed, because like you said, press was there, but. No questions were asked, at least in front of the public. Maybe they're doing some stuff after the fact there. Before any of that even happened, Dwayne Johnson made an appearance on the Pat McAfee show. This was earlier Thursday. And The Rock said, everyone in WWE has their finger on the pulse of what fans want. He said he wasn't surprised at the backlash of what happened Friday night on SmackDown. He said he expected it. And he said that in business, You do something and you see the wave of noise that happens immediately, but you pause, you don't make rash decisions, and you see how it ultimately shakes out. He said everything is strategic and well thought out, though despite that, you have to be flexible on the journey and bring in as many people as possible. And then after he gave that Dwayne Johnson type of answer, he flipped a switch and became The Rock. Here's what he said. I love Cody. I love his passionate fans. Then there's the other passionate uh-huh. fans yeah. of Cody. Yep. And they're called the, uh, what's that? Oh, Cody Crybabies. Yeah. Oh, that's what they're okay. Called. All right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I didn't, I didn't know the name that was coming. It was the Cody Crybabies. Yeah, okay. And these are grown-ass men. And uh, Cody got to finish his story. <laughs> he got to finish yes. his story right now. It's like, wait a second. Hold on. Hey, Dad. You want to go outside and play catch with me? Not now. Cody's not <laughs> And I'm upset. The wife comes in. Hey, honey, do you want to go have sex? Not now. 
story. At the end of the day, look, you got the Cody crybabies and you have the Cody fans and then you have Cody himself. And there's a clear distinction between the three. But The Rock says this. Those Cody crybabies, the ones for every 10 tweets, they're shoving a chicken McNugget in their mouth. For every 20 tweets, they're shoving two McNuggets up their ass. What? The Rock says this. All you got to do is sit back, know your role, shut your mouth, and enjoy the ride that The Rock is going to take your candy asses on. So hashtag that. Hashtag shut your bitch ashes up. Hashtag Cody crybabies. Yes, that's the fun part. Yes, that's Let's wrestling. Go. Of what we do. Yeah, that's yeah. wrestling. It's pro wrestling. That's WWE. And it's awesome. And I can't wait for uh, for this afternoon at yes. T-Mobile. Yeah, there's so that is perfect. Heel rock, perfect. The rock, like the guy that we haven't really seen, Chris, on WWE television in like a decade because he's mostly been Dwayne Johnson when he showed up there. It's as simple as that. He also said, I'll just wrap this up real quick. He has multiple rings set up. He's been fully in camp preparing for his match. They're filming the entire camp. I said Hawaii. There's some on the West Coast. He's wrestling all over the place, apparently. But he didn't say when that started. He said he's going to go down to around 260 pounds. And it ended with The Rock saying, Rock versus Roman Reigns is the biggest main event in the history of WrestleMania. And then two other notes for you, and then I'll let you get in here. WWE posted a video about Cody Rhodes finishing the story. This was before the event, before the kickoff. And then Roman Reigns, when he walked into the press conference from the parking lot, he said he holds the key to the kingdom. And it was really these two videos posted by WWE that turned me during the day from thinking they're not going to pivot. They're just going to give us Rock and Reigns. And clearly that's what The Rock said on McAfee show and all that type of stuff to actually believing that one way or another, Cody would be in the ring with Roman at WrestleMania. But what are your thoughts on what happened on the McAfee show? Those videos, I don't know if you got to see both of them and the lead up to this kickoff. So when I saw the comments on McAfee, I thought, oh, if we're going to get heel rock out of this, then it's going to work. Yeah. Whatever they're going to do, I trust that they're going to get it right. However, I wasn't sure if rocks, what he said there was kayfabe canon so to speak mm-hmm. i didn't know if he would be willing to say that in front of a crowd right or if he just did it because, because he was on the show being arrested radio row because he's on yes McAfee. it does it's not it's not necessarily in kayfabe so that was my only question Agreed. but when i saw it i was like "Ooh, there there's a rock that'll work mm-hmm. i just don't know if we're gonna get it yet completely agree and it also did not tell us whether he was playing the character and just basically telling fans to shove it and because that's what WWE was going to do and they were going to play it up that way. And maybe they would have their match and Cody Rhodes would come out after and cash in his, you know, Royal Rumble win and get a second match against Roman on the same show or like it was still very unknown in that moment what was going to happen. But I will say that rock promo when like Jim Ross used to say business is now picked up, business picked up with that promo And then they posted those videos and I was like, okay, they're actually going to be doing something here. So let's go ahead and talk about the WrestleMania kickoff. I'm going to set the stage a little bit and then we're going to go directly into the way it ended. Okay. So there were tons of media on the floor. There were six sections open to fans. No one was turned away. It was packed for a press event. And from people that I know that were on site, they sent me a bunch of pictures. Literally, I'm not saying every seat was taken, but in terms of those that were open to fans, it looked like every seat was taken. Michael Cole, during the cold open, said about Cody Rhodes, quote, it seems like he's chosen world heavyweight champion Seth Rollins. Or has he? Which was weird because he never chose Rollins, nor did he even mention that was a possibility. The kickoff set included Cole, Pat McAfee, CM Punk, and Big E. And E immediately made a comment about being there so Punk wouldn't get fined, which I thought was funny. Uh, There were loud boos at first and every mention of The Rock. McAfee tried to start a Rocky Rocky chant to counteract it. It did work a little bit, but then it got overpowered by Wee Wong Cody. Punk was called on with WWE uh, addressing the continuity of what happened to him in 2013, basically saying, this happened to you, Punk, so what do you think about it now happening again? Yet he equated the situation to the NFL randomly inserting Tom Brady into a Super Bowl for a team, basically saying, yeah, okay, he didn't earn that opportunity, but you have to understand it because he's the best quarterback in the world, right? 
He also said, and that's arguable, I like Dan Marino more, but that's another conversation for another day. Uh, he also said Roman probably prefers Rock to Cody because of the ability to actually beat him and that Rhodes deserves it for eliminating him last at the Royal Rumble. Big E stuck up for Cody in and out of the ring. And then we got Paul Heyman backstage. He was great and hysterical. And that's pretty much what happened before this big moment. Now, I'm going to jump right to, let's call it the main event of the kickoff. So Seth Rollins comes out in a really sweet emerald green velvet suit. His bow tie shoes, though, were awful. Rollins wanted to cut to the chase. He called out Cody Rhodes. The crowd started murmuring just in displeasure that it would be Rollins and Rhodes on stage together. Instead, Roman Reigns comes out all cocky and arrogant with Paul Heyman. It was a hell of a sight, him standing there with Rollins, who remarked that Reigns, oh, you actually showed up to work for once. Roman shot back that Seth showed up in his wife's shoes. Fair play, because the shoes were terrible. Reigns said it's now his decision who he faces at WrestleMania because Rhodes hesitated. He tried to shoo Rollins away, then he stalled, and there were simultaneous, and I would actually say pretty even, chance for Rock and Cody coming down, and then Reigns chooses The Rock. So The Rock enters in a tank top. He actually looked quite good. There were a mix of boos and Rocky, Rocky chants, but when he went to speak, it was 90% boos. He asked if fans thought Reigns would beat him and vice versa. The fans were just murmuring. It was a mixed reaction. No one really wanted to cheer for either of them. It Then we got a mix of We Want Cody and Rocky Sucks chants. Rock completely laid out. He let the crowd be heard before asking if fans thought it would be the biggest main event in WWE history. There was already a graphic on the screen behind them with Reigns on one side and Rock on the other. And then the We Want Cody and Rocky Sucks chants, they grew much louder and clearer. So he called out the Cody crybabies that you just heard about with Reigns laughing right alongside him. Rock introduced a bloodline family tree on the big screen saying whether fans liked it, loved it, or hated it, they would respect it. Just at the mention of their family, it clicked for me in that moment. And Rock delivered the proof immediately after, saying that family tree proved there is only one dominant and powerful royal family in professional wrestling. And if you can't see that, and if you think Rock Reigns isn't the biggest main event in WrestleMania history, then it doesn't matter what you think. He said the main event was bound by blood. He stuck his hand out, Reigns grabbed it, and they even hugged. And right then, Cody Rhodes walked out, no entrance music, nothing, just with a mic saying, this right here is bullshit. Rhodes said Reigns has a lot of stroke, but it's not his right to dictate the WrestleMania main event. It's Cody's because he won the Royal Rumble. Cody said he and Rock had a wonderful conversation, but he had many conversations and he's made his decision. He will compete in the main event of WrestleMania 40 against Roman Reigns. Reigns and Rock both flipped out. Triple H, Adam Pierce, and Nick Aldis appeared immediately. They jumped on stage. Reigns said Rhodes is stupid because this was already a done deal. It's been decided, and he deserves to be in the loser bracket with Rollins after failing last year. Roman said Cody was only a chapter in his book. No one cares about him finishing his story, and now he's just embarrassing his entire family. Roman called him irrelevant, just like his dad, and that stung Cody, who then turned around and said, how's Jay doing? And he suggested they're not a real family. Roman is nothing more than a meal ticket with others glomming onto him. Uh, Cody said it doesn't matter who sits at the head of the table when neither of them, Reigns or Rock, have been cooking for the last two years. Cody said if Roman's grandfather was there, if High Chief Peter Maivia was there, they would be ashamed of Reigns. Suddenly, Rock stepped in right beside Reigns and then in front of him, right in Cody's grill. Rock said, talking about Reigns' family, is talking about the Rock's ancestors and his blood, so now they have a problem. Rock then slapped him across the face, knocking Cody down, with Rollins jumping up to stand in for him, saying that Rock doesn't run this place to which the Rock said he does. Rhodes screamed that it's his choice, it's his career, and all four of them start screaming and yelling and shoving and doing all this type of stuff. Rollins was last, yelling that he doesn't give a shit if the Rock is on the board. He doesn't get to do whatever the fuck he wants. Then he finished with, quote, Man, fuck you guys. Punk said Cody should have punched Rock right back in the face, reiterating that it's Rhodes' decision to make. He also had a great line about throwing hands referring to Brawl Out. As this happened, the graphic on the big screen changed to Reigns and Rhodes, with Michael Cole reiterating, the match Cody chose is against Roman. It will happen for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in the main event night two at WrestleMania. And despite Cole saying that in the moment, Everything still sounded 
kind of unofficial. Triple H was then interviewed backstage saying everyone was going into business for themselves. And I actually have that entire clip for you as well. Um, hard to say what just went on right there. A lot of, a lot of tension right now, a lot of egos, a lot of, um, it's a lot of what it is. It's a lot of what that is. You gotta fix it, fix it. Have them talk about our family again. And that's what happens. It's out of line, you know it. It's not out of line. Have them talk about it. If you don't fix it, we will. Have them talk about our family again. Slap his teeth out of his mouth. And after he said that, Roman is staring down Paul Levesque before the whole thing ends. Now, Chris, I have no idea what you're thinking. Okay, just so everyone knows, Ooh. we did not share even a stray opinion with one another coming into this instant reaction. Here is where I land on first blush, okay? okay. I'm a bit frustrated that we didn't get like a full sale announcement for WrestleMania out of this. But other than that, this was one of the single most intriguing wrestling related developments I have seen in a long ass time. It almost felt like the introduction of Kayfabe 2.0, a blend of work and shoot, Kayfabe and reality for a new era. It legitimately felt like WWE shifted creatively into something completely different than it has ever been. Everything just felt so edgy and not everyone can pull that off. Those guys did. Everything we've discussed over the last six days, what is fact? What is fiction? Did WWE work us from the start and SmackDown just didn't play out smooth and it was some bad creative interfering with well-laid plans? Did WWE actually plan Reigns Rock from the start with everything we discussed 100% factual only to pivot away from that after seeing the reaction to the booking? And in doing so, they created this fascinating multi-layered story. Remember, they could not have planned for the CM Punk injury. So if Rollins gets involved, there's no way that was decided before Royal Rumble. The crowd here was fantastic. Roman's facial expression as the entire deal developed was completely on point. Rock was exceptional going tweener heel, not Hollywood Rock, but like bloodline Rock, like this new character we haven't seen before. What Rock is like defending the family similar to Roman. You could see him slowly but surely melt from like half-hearted babyface to tweener to full heel by the time the thing ended. Seeing the family tree, that was an incredible touch just on its own ahead of Rose coming out and the way it finished up with all of the cursing and the intensity, it provided a realism that is just missing so frequently in professional wrestling, particularly WWE. Having Rock lean into the power dynamic with Triple H telling him off and Rollins saying like, you don't run the company and Rhodes saying, hey, I get to make my own decisions. The whole thing, and we'll talk about what this means going forward, Chris, but this whole thing, like I said, it was intriguing, it was captivating, and I was left at the end of it thinking, I can't believe what just happened. It was incredible. Uh, they fixed it. They got it right. Whatever happens here on out, I'm back on board with trusting <laughs> that they're going to get this right. I am still skeptical that this was the plan all along. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, WWE worked everybody. This is it. I still don't think that because it still doesn't make any sense uh, to this point. Now they could continue to retcon some things to make it make sense more. But as of what we have gotten so far, it still didn't make any sense. But right. I don't care. E everything about this was fantastic. And everything about this is only going to make Cody uh, like your next John Cena so clearly. Mm -hmm. When I when I saw Rock and Roman next to each other looking at Cody, I'm getting goosebumps, man. I'm getting Rock goosebumps <laughs> right there. Just realizing what was going on here. And this is this has a chance to be better than anything they possibly could have thought of before. Uh, whether or not that was the plan, I still don't think it was. Let's have that conversation. Yeah. Cody last week. Well, let me said, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and break it down for you, if, if you don't mind. I mean, okay, I, I just, you know, I, I, I wanted ahead. to kind of lay it out a little bit, right? So when it comes to Cody, ultimately, Chris, I think you both, we both agree, and you kind of just said this here, we got what we wanted at the end with him ultimately picking Roman. And no matter what happens from here, there is now absolutely no going back on that. But I want you to know this. I prayed for this and it happened. So we prayed for it 
and we're gonna, we're gonna use that so much. That's gonna I know. Be a new I, I love it, but it fit here perfectly too. But from a storyline standpoint, and this is what you're talking about, right? He personally did not deliver any reasoning. He mentioned the royal family bullshit, right? Obviously, that plays directly into his wrestling has more than one royal family line, even though he was not speaking about the Noe family at that time. But he gave no explanation for walking away from the WrestleMania opportunity on SmackDown, nor did he say the royal family claim by Rock is why he changed his mind. I watched it again to make sure I didn't miss anything. Me too. It just wasn't there. Now, he was initially angry in terms of Thursday about Reigns choosing his own opponent, thinking he could do that. But that only became a possibility because Rhodes stepped out of the picture last Friday. And then after the fact, when they tore down their family, that supported a new element being brought into the segment. Now, all that said, the promo was fire. And he had a number of great lines, right, that I already mentioned. None better than the one about neither of them cooking for the last two years. That was the best part of it. And I'll let you get in here, but that's why I say at this juncture, Chris, it's tough to know with 100% certainty whether they planned this and simply botched the SmackDown creative or whether this was a pivot. If it was always the plan, the creative Friday was all-time terrible, despite the overall concept being strong. If it was a pivot, it was a hell of a pivot. I'm leaning way more toward the latter simply because Friday's segment doesn't fit whatsoever in the context of the story they're telling. Remember, Cody directly said he was not going to challenge Roman at WrestleMania. Rock said weeks ago he wanted to sit at the head of the table. If they were going to create this moment, all they needed to do was have Rock interrupt the segment on Friday and Cody not say anything. He didn't have to say shit. Rock and Roman here, they were way too chummy the entire time without any animosity between them which is the antithesis of what this match would need to be about if it was going to main event WrestleMania. Right. It never made any sense for Cody to say, I'm coming for you, but not at WrestleMania. It just, there was no way you could make it make sense. Like you said, we, I said last Friday, just have The Rock come out and seem to, t- if this was the plan, and if you were going to have Rock lean into being heelish without outright doing it, have The Rock just come out. Right. Not say anything. Cody looked a little confused. Rock and Roman stare each other. Then you probably get a lot of the we want Cody, we want Cody type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cody, last we had heard, he was still thinking about it type of stuff. So, And then you can play this all out. And it's very clear The Rock is just shoving his way in to take the, to take the main event. And we don't want that. And Cody's going to do it. In storyline, Rock was not stealing the main event here. Cody gave it to him. Right. Like th- th- that's why it never made any sense. Now they can so, fix it. This is what this is how you fix it. You say, I talked to Rock last week. He made a really he made a really convincing case how much this meant to his family. And as somebody who has great respect for the family, I was gonna let him do that. But after listening to the fans over the past week and then hearing what you had uh hearing the things you said to the people and my fans and the importance of your and calling your family the royal family of wrestling, well. Wrestling has more than one royal family. I had to come back and take that spot. That's how you completely tie it all together. Yes. Come back. It's the only way to make it make sense. I still, again, I don't think it was the plan because I don't think The Rock wanted to be the bad guy. But with the reaction that it was, they had to lean into it. The Rock, again, The Rock cares about his brand more than like anybody in the world. And I r- refuse to believe he signed up to get all of his social media posts flamed and his daughter get death threats and all these things <laughs> all for the sake of a, but maybe all for the sake of a story. This is the rock who got, who basically kind of hasn't quite he's ruffled a lot of feathers in Hollywood because he always has to be the biggest and the best. So I had a falling out with the Fast and the Furious franchise with Vin Diesel. It's why partly why Black Adam didn't work because he had to be the biggest, best thing. Everything about this goes against what the rock has been doing for the last 10 years. So no, I don't believe this was the situation, but there is a way to bring it all back around and make it make sense. There is. I mean, Cody can do exactly what you said. Hey, The Rock pressured me. He's a member of the board now. I felt like I had no other choice but to do that. And they can sell even that, you know, the way Cody's face looked 
Friday night. He looked depressed and, and upset when he did that, almost like it wasn't his decision, which if that was the reality, it wasn't his decision. But maybe that's why I'm saying like, it's possible it was a work the entire time and they just botched it Friday. Like they did not lay out that segment the way it needed to be laid out for this to work. And the only reason I say that it's possible it was work the entire time, and I'm really just, you know, giving you the other side here and playing devil's advocate. I believe that mm-hmm. what you said is true and what we talked about is true, that they were going to do Reigns Rock and they pivoted. Like that's where I land on this entire thing. But what did we see Thursday? I mean, I saw The Rock's best acting appearance since Central Intelligence. <laughs> that was seven <laughs> years ago, right? What's he done since? Mm-hmm. Fast X and Jumanji and all this other bullshit. Black Adam, Red Notice, these garbage movies, right? Jumanji's good. Jumanji is good. Jumanji's very good. I'm sorry. Okay, it, it is very good. But Central Intelligence is, is I think, probably the, my favorite rock movie. I actually think we had this conversation on the podcast. This was the most real that Dwayne Johnson has felt, where The Rock has felt in a role in a long-ass time. And that's because it's something that perfectly fits him. It involves the family. It involves... Roman Reigns in WWE and another family in Cody Rhodes. So like, I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this was a work from the start. But again, I just lean so much more toward the fact that it is a pivot. And I think it is pretty clearly a pivot just based on, again, primarily SmackDown on Friday and the creative that Triple H has put together for WWE and the importance of WrestleMania to WWE. I do not see a scenario in which that segment would not have gone off correctly. Especially with the professionalism of all those guys. Cody's not going to mess up his lines. Roman Reigns is not going to mess up his part. Like, all of that seemed purposeful to go the way it went. Although, Chris, when we involve Seth Rollins into this, and we'll talk about him in a moment, I'll let you get back in. Yeah. That's another thing that when I look back on Rollins promo from Raw and Reigns promo from SmackDown and I say to myself, wait a minute, maybe it was purposeful the entire time. I'll let you get back and I'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to Seth in a minute. Um, I, I said on Tuesday's show coming out of Raw that it felt like they were still judging the reaction and wanting to see just how much mm-hmm of an uproar there was for Cody and the rocks comments on McAfee that we didn't play, but he made some similar comments about listening to the fans. I mentioned them. I I read them off. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it made me wonder that on top of Monday, if maybe the plan is throw rock out there as the good guy and we're prepared in case it goes horribly wrong we do pivot to this. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't, and people are just happy about The Rock, we go forward with The Rock. It's possible they set themselves up with two possibilities and ended up taking one of them here. I, I, I do think that is possible uh, as, far, as far as being on the table. But again, this is a Rock who does not take risks. And this was a risk. It was I a mean, risk. We love it, yes. as re- we love it as wrestling fans, but it's a risk. For him to just, you know, look like he's taking somebody's main event and let all these negative stories go out there mm-hmm. about him. Mm-hmm. These negative rumors that were not addressed by WWE or him or statements or anything like that. Um, and that's that type of risk taking is just something The Rock doesn't do. But Chris, that's and why. So, let me interrupt you quickly. That's yeah. why it might be. And I, maybe we're giving them too much credit. Maybe even me considering this possibility is give is big brain bullshit, right? And I'm giving them too much credit. But that's why it possibly could have been a work from the start. Because they would have, if it was a work, leaned into the fact that The Rock was pulling his weight in WWE just like he did in Warner with DC. I mean, we talked about it on the last show and he was letting his ego ride and all the things we criticized him about. And I'm not going to take them back yet because I don't know, you know, whether I need to take them back yet or not, right? But... It's very possible he played into all of those things on purpose, took the risk that you're suggesting, making himself look bad to pay it off in such a monumental way here. Don't forget, Rock said this is going to be a moment. Triple H promoted this as this is going to be something that's going to shake the foundation of the industry that you don't want to miss. They did that. And that's why I think it's 
legitimate to look back and say, okay, if we take apart that promo on Friday night, piece by piece, and the news stories that immediately came out, piece by piece, it all plays into what they did here on Thursday. So either it is the greatest pivot of all time, which is definitely possible, or it was a work from the start and perhaps Friday didn't go completely as planned. It, it would it would be the most meta work of all time. It really would be, yes. You know, it, it, it's very, very unlike them mm-hmm. to basically create a story just via, you know, internet reaction and, and rumors and yeah. stuff like that. The internet you know? dirt, the wrestling like, dirt sheets, basically. Yeah, there was nothing on Friday's promo that made Rock seem like a bad guy. Not Cody Friday. Up. No, not Friday. I, they, I, yeah. Yeah, they hugged, they shook hands, like they made The Rock look like a good guy coming out of that. And uh, that's that's why, again, if you're just basing it on what we've seen on TV, it doesn't make any sense. But I feel like I need to go full Zapruder film on this. Like, I think I think we need to break down the SmackDown segment frame by frame and like look at Cody's face and his facial expression as Rock brings him in and go through it like that. Go ahead. I, we don't. I, maybe this isn't the time for this conversation, but I, I also think this whole entire thing has greatly devalued Rock Roman whenever it happens. You know, so I don't think the Rock. I don't think the Rock dreamed coming back to promote a Roman Reigns match, getting wooded and booed, and revealing the bloodline, whole family tree to no reaction whatsoever. Like. I'm more interested in Cody Rock now than Roman Rock. Now. I'm interested in Seth Rock up. also. <laughs> I, yeah, and Seth and Roman. Seth Roman. Like, like, yeah. You, you, like, yes, they can tell a story to get to Rock Roman uh, for sure. And oh, I they easily could. Rock says he wanted to do. Yeah. But man, they like they've already promoted Rock Roman as the WrestleMania main event and then not doing it. So not really, though. I do think it kind of took away from a little. Well, they, sort of. They had them both on the screen and everything. They, and they did, on, but on they... In front of the press event. They did, but, but they... as far as saying an event without saying it. They made it very clear every time they could that it was not officially announced. Right. And there was never a graphic for it that was put out on social media. None of that preceding this. So let's take it to the next level. Let's, let's now move into what's going to happen, okay? Because yeah. the take I'm seeing most on Rollins is that he and the World Heavyweight Championship have been made to look like complete and utter shit coming out of this. And they were in one respect, it's tough to disagree with that. But it yeah. seems pretty clear to me that what they were trying to do is give Rollins a reason to get involved in the storyline. And the only reason to do that is if you're going to go with a tag team match. Cody and Seth yes. against Rock and Roman, either on night one at WrestleMania or Elimination Chamber, but most likely night one, especially given Seth's injury, even though he says he wants to wrestle before Mania. And then, as has now been officially announced while we're taping this podcast, it is going to be Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship, night two of WrestleMania. That solves, if you go tag team, and then the title match, it solves the star power issue. It features the company's three top stars in two matches, I'm not counting The Rock here, obviously, I'm saying Seth, Cody, and Roman. It features them in two matches, one on night one with all of them and likely two with them separated on night two. It solves the problem of The Rock's physical shape in terms of endurance at his age and his fitness level. And it also plays into the whole, I don't know if you noticed this, but Paul Levesque kept talking about the WrestleMania one main event and how it was a tag team match and it was Yep. The thing that kicked off WrestleMania and sent it to new heights, it plays into that and allows that yep. to main event night one. A triple threat did not make any sense. And it certainly makes yep. even less sense now with Reigns and Rock on the same side. Now, they could do an enforcer deal where it becomes like a handicap match ultimately. And Cody ends up having to fight off both of them. That makes him toppling the family even more significant on night two. But then at that point, you have Rhodes going over the entire Anoyi family. And that might be a bridge too far even for The Rock. And I accept that as being a bridge too far, him beating both of them, right? Whether it's an enforcer role or otherwise. The other option is for Rock to be in Reign's corner for that match because you're gonna want him at night two of WrestleMania one way or the other. And what you would really want is Dustin Rhodes in Cody's corner, obviously. But if that can't happen, 
They're not going to go with Diamond Dallas Page, I promise you. Maybe John Cena comes in and plays that role. And then now all of a sudden... CM Punk. I think CM Punk could be that too. You could do possibly CM Punk. And then night two of WrestleMania, the poster is Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, The Rock, and let's say John Cena or CM Punk. And if you extrapolate it even further from that, and I'll let you get in after this, Chris, it creates an opening for Reigns Rock. If Reigns loses, Rock can be pissed off at him and trying to restore the glory of the family, take the head of the table title. You can still do that. Reigns Rollins, obviously, they're extremely heated. And we also now have the opening for Rollins, McIntyre, Sami Zayn for the World Heavyweight Championship, which is what we've wanted all along. And that's a huge positive. We'll get into that momentarily. I'll let you get in on this. Um, Point is, they've set themselves up real nicely to fix the star power gap, get these guys on multiple shows and really put on an all-time WrestleMania card despite not going out and grabbing a ton of part-timers. The one part-timer they'll have will be in a tag team match. Yes. And and so I, I think Cody Roman night two, it, it's gotta be, it's one of two matches you've announced the whole finish the story thing. I, you have to end the show with Cody. Absolutely. But what, but what do you do with rock? Do you do a tag team on night one? Is that the only place we have the, world heavyweight title or does Seth Rollins get cashed in on before then by Damian Priest and we have Priest McIntyre Sammy something over there or since Cody said to Roman last week I'm not just I don't want to just take this title I want to take everything from you Mm -hmm. do we get Cody Seth versus Rock Roman at Elimination Chamber and at that point Cody and Seth win Seth gets an upper hand on Roman after everything that's been said. Cody gets that. Rock and Roman break up. The bloodline splits apart at that. We do Rock Roman night one. Cody Roman night two. The thing that you said. Because Mm -hmm. if you have The Rock wrestling, you got to have him at WrestleMania, right? And this could be a way for Cody to have both taken the title from Roman as well as completely ending the bloodline. Right. I think that's a possibility as well. But that re- that requires Rock to f- turn on Roman inside of the next two months after they were fully yes. chummy chummy on the same page here at the kickoff. Well, they would turn because they lost and you embarrass the family and right. yada yada and all these type things. I think it's a I don't think they have Reigns lose on Elimination Chamber ahead of WrestleMania. And that's that's why I've said this whole time. It's, it's well, 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 I'll say this. He loses, but then but then Roman beats Rock. Gets his, gets gets his win back. back. You'd then, have to do that. Yeah. Then loses to Cody. Yeah. I'm of the thought now where Reigns Rock is not happening this year. I think it's going to happen either at, I mean, I hate to say 42, you know, and think two years out, but 41 or 42, I lean towards 41 with Reigns Rollins maybe being the 42 main event. Of course, you could do a SummerSlam in here. You could do a Saudi show in here for Reigns Rock. There's a million different things they could do. Um, But I think those now are the tentpole matches after the fact, because the animosity between Reigns and Rollins, I got to be honest with you, we're excited for Cody. He's going to finish the story. We're getting the match we want. That's fine. But the moment of this that popped me more than anything else was Reigns and Rollins on stage together. Yeah, I I mean, those two have I, I said the beginning of last week's Roman promo, I was like, He's talking. I want to see Seth Roman right now. I don't right. want to see Roman Cody. I mean, they're talking mad shit about each other. And so, you know, I, I you know some people said fatal four way unification, all of it, yada, yada. It makes zero they sense. They cannot unify, unify the fucking you just, titles. You just created this new belt. Yeah, You're not unifying it. it. The other one is already a unified belt on its yeah. own. You can't, you can't combine three belts into one. No, that's not going to happen. But you're right. Seth has indeed been made to look like a chump mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks. By the way, when his music hit at this thing, didn't get a very big pop. Yeah, that's not <laughs> true. Wasn't exactly that's not true. No, he did. He he did not. He did not. But it's not Seth's fault. The reason he didn't get a big pop is because people are focused on Cody Correct. right now, and it's weird to have Seth floating around this whole thing because we just want Cody and Roman. He so got Seth a... floating around out there begging for Cody to take him, and then Roman talking shit about him. You're not really into Seth right now, and so you're gonna got you got to get a little bit more behind him. And I think this tag team match is a perfect way to do it. Clearly, we're going to get a tag team match. It's one of these two shows, and that's going to be huge. Get Seth back on track. Let's be extremely clear about something. Number one, Rollins got a pop on this show. Now, was it as large as the other three? No, but guess what? 
he's not the star the other three are. I mean, it's he got right. uh, he got a proportional, appropriate pop for his star power. No more, no less. It was it was just as much as Ripley got. It was maybe even more than Ripley got. Um, Bianca Belair, you know, anyone else that was on the stage, he got a pop as big as them, if not bigger than both yeah. women. But again, lower than The Rock, Roman Reigns. And Cody Rhodes, who, by the way, didn't even have an entrance music. He didn't even get a pop, really. He just came out and said, this is bullshit, and no, then went into his he thing. Did. No, he did. I'm just saying he yeah. didn't get the entrance pop, is what I'm saying. It was different. Now, go, circling back a little bit to the World Heavyweight Championship and Rollins, I want to do the Zapruder film breakdown, and we'll do it for Tuesday's show. We'll, we're going to discuss this a lot more, I promise you, on our next WWE edition. If you're a first-time listener, that comes out on Tuesday. But if we're going to operate from the devil's advocate position that this was a work from the start. And when I say the start, I mean last Monday on Raw, when he shit-talked Reigns and called it the Hollywood title and all of that, okay? This is preceding SmackDown, let me just be very clear, and preceding the segment with Cody, Rock, and Roman. Seth started shitting on Reigns in his title there. That created the opening for Friday, Reigns to fight back and shit on Rollins and his title. If you want to believe that this was a work from the start, you can say that that initial Rollins promo, the shots he took at Reigns, was the beginning of the reasoning for him to get into this tag team match. Because otherwise, it would make no sense for him to be involved in it. So Reigns, so Rollins shoots on Reigns. Reigns shoots on Rollins. Cody still has to make a decision. Here we come into the kickoff. They're all on the stage together. It blows up. Tag team match. Again, I'm not saying it's a work. I'm playing devil's advocate. And I have to look at the, right. the, the film. I want to rewatch all the segments. We're going to do this for Tuesday's show. But that is a very logical through line, even though in going through that process, Rollins and the title came off to look like shit because Reigns just took a crap all over him. Yeah, no, there are a couple of lines that we've said that you could connect to last Friday to make it, or even to the previous Monday, to make it make sense. It, it, it's possible. I'm not saying... it's. That's all I'm saying. It it, there's a possibility existing. That's it. Yes. Uh, by, by the way, Drew McIntyre uh, tweeted. He's um, kicking ass right now on Twitter. Or, yeah, he's killing it. He's, he's amazing on Twitter. He's amazing. Uh, he, he tweeted. He tweeted. Um, so uh, Cody posted on Instagram earlier Thursday. Uh, I've made my decision. Mm -hmm. Drew McIntyre quote tweeted it uh, and with the clip of the rock saying, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Cody picks Roman, McIntyre tweets a graphic of him saying, I prayed for this and it happened. He is just on fire. I was wondering if he was going to show up at this thing. I thought he might. Attack I Seth thought he might Claymore Seth's head off or something like that. Yeah. That's what I yeah, thought was going to happen. That up. Yeah. This, this whole time, the, the, throughout the entirety of what happened Thursday night, Seth looked like a chump. The, the loser's bracket belt, the number twos, all that stuff, until he stood up for Cody at the end and said what he said to The Rock. And that starts the path back to where we think it could go. Uh, so yeah, I just don't think that he's as much of a chump as people want to paint him for being, I, I mean, I agree that of the four, he looks the weakest and the way this went through Rollins and the title looked weaker than it did coming into it, especially the way he had built it up. No question about it, but well, what, I also don't way, think he's buried. Like people are saying he's buried. I don't think he's buried. No, 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 no. Here, well, here's the other, here's the other point. For it not being a work the whole time, it, presumably, it was supposed to be CM Punk Seth Rollins, you know? So Seth wouldn't have even been involved in any of this. And so at some point, they did have to pivot. And at some point, they did have to get Seth Rollins involved and then becoming a tag team match. If CM Punk doesn't get hurt, I don't think we're doing this tag team match, right? Well, Maybe? that's what I'm saying. Like, th that's why it... That's why at least a part of this could not have been decided before. Unless you were going right. to do this match on night one, no matter what, number. and then Rollins Punk on night two. I, I can't see them which, putting both of those would, matches together. Really weird. Rollins yeah. Punk would have main evented night one. It would have had to have main evented night one. Yeah. Which is the whole thing CM Punk wants and that he cried right. about not being able exactly. to get. Exactly. So, so there's no right. way this was originally so, the plan. That's exactly. There, right. There's, there, it was either a little bit of a pivot or a lot of bit of a pivot. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. So look, where we wind up here, and we have plenty more to talk about, and clearly the angle is going to unfold in significant fashion over the coming weeks and months. 
But where we wind up here on Thursday night, is it the hottest WWE angle in years? Or at least the one that has the most mainstream appeal? Because if they play this right, all the way down the stretch, and you have Reigns and Rock both actually showing up to TV and doing business, it's going to be nuclear in Philadelphia two months from now. This, for me, Chris, was an all-timer segment at this press conference, the way it played out. And really, at this point, what happened preceding it, and we're going to go back and we're going to look at it, like I said, doesn't really matter anymore because this was so hot and everything that can transpire from now until April has an opportunity to be explosive. Right. Like I said at the beginning, I don't care if it was a work or not because we're here and we're clearly going down a very good path that I am really fired up about. So like, I know we just spent a lot of time debating if it's a work or not. I said at the beginning of the podcast, I don't care. Like we, yeah. we, we are going to get Cody. We're going to get Cody Roman, which we wanted. And now we've got heel rock involved in this. Like I yes. can't ask for much more than that. So I, I'm really excited about it. Look, this kind of felt like ish a UFC press conference. Although those are real press conferences, but that type of stuff where you've got a lot of swearing and cursing and stuff like that, it's in front of the fans, all types of stuff. So like they obviously had this press event booked way long out. It's T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas the week of the Super Bowl. So they they had something planned for this for a very long time. And I think that swearing stuff we are typically not going to get on Raw and SmackDown, even if they bleeped it, even if they bleeped it here on YouTube and wherever else you watched it. That added another layer, I think, to all of this. Hearing The Rock swear like that just took that intensity up another level. I'm not saying I want it all the time. We've said before that AEW probably does it too much, but we don't get that very much in WWE, and that raised the intensity another level. So just so you know, there were reports that the venue T-Mobile was booked only in early January. I find that hard to believe for the exact reason you mentioned it's Super Bowl week. How is that venue not taken one way or the other, right? You'd think WWE would at least have a hold on it before they like officially booked it. I don't really know. But those are reports that it was only booked in January. Again, I can't tell you one way or the other. But I completely agree with you, though, and mentioned it a little bit earlier. The it wasn't just the cursing. It wasn't like the use of foul language as much as it was the intensity that came along with it, the realism that came along with it. That's why it feels to me like they were actively trying to do something. I don't want to say that's never been done before because that's hyperbolic and it might be exaggerating. Like I need to sit and digest it more. That's one of the things that happens when we do an instant reaction as opposed to like taking 24 hours and doing our show like we normally do. We're we're in the moment a little bit, right? But it just felt like something that hasn't happened to this degree in professional wrestling either ever or at least in a very long time, or at least to this degree. I mean, you have Rollins out there yelling at The Rock that he doesn't get to make decisions, and Rock saying, yes, I do, because, you know, he's on the board, and then Rock coming over to Triple H and trying to, like, stand over him and use his power to say, you better fix this, because he's in a position of authority over him now. He's a member of the board, and Triple H is just an executive. He's the chief content officer, right? So all of those little levels and elements... Like, I hope, and Chris, you can tell me whether you expect this or not, but like Raw, SmackDown, all these events going forward, Paul Levesque needs to be part of this process. I don't want Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis out there trying to legislate between Cody and Roman and Rock and what he, like, Paul should be involved on screen as a character as this storyline progresses, at a minimum, making decisions backstage, at a maximum, literally in the ring with these guys. Yeah. No, I completely. I mean, the rock look, the rock, you know, talked some some shit to Triple H and that as he was walking out, Triple H just kind of stood there and took it, you know? <laughs> and it's in a weird spot where he's not the boss on screen anymore. The rock is. We've never quite if had this they before. tell us that. They haven't yet told no. us that. All we know is the they, dirt sheets they, telling us that. They, they no, they did on the on the panel. Uh, Did they Big say he's a board e member? A, yeah, they talked oh, okay. about him being on the board and Biggie mentioned him being close with Nick Khan. So now Nick Khan like exists in mm-hmm. kayfabe. And that's like a whole other thing where like where it's like, yeah, The Rock kind of is in control of the company now. And Seth is sort of referencing it in the things he says. And now you've got that. So like 
I don't know if that becomes part of the story or not, but it was addressed a couple of times mentioning the rock is on the board. I mean, the Pat McAfee show again, I don't know if that's Kate counts or not, but that throws another little dynamic in there because I do I do love the idea of maybe Triple H being special guest referee for the tag team match if he can physically do it. Obviously, he had the heart scare a couple of years ago. Um, if he can, I'd love to see him do something. Not saying he has to take bumps or anything, but I, I'd love that because, yeah, that adds it just adds more star power to this thing, which, like you said, suddenly might be the hottest thing they've done in years. One year after we said the bloodline was the hottest thing they'd done in years. Well, there's a difference between a long-term storyline reaching its apex like it did with Sami Zayn and then eventually Cody Rhodes where all he needed to do was win, you know, that match. And just a really hot angle. That's a really hot long-term mm-hmm. storyline. This is a hot angle that has picked up pretty much at the Royal Rumble with two and a half months until WrestleMania. And that's totally fine. You're allowed to have short-term angles and long-term storylines. Both work, but you do have to differentiate between them if you're, you know, when you're giving them credit. Uh, but yeah, man, like, you know, I come out of this. We've we've spoken for a while. Um, I think we've done enough in terms of like actually. I'm sorry. One other thing. It's just I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just came to mind as I'm speaking about the stuff that's real that is now kayfabe. To your point about kayfabe 2.0, mm-hmm. have they ever referred to Triple H as Paul Levesque? Yes, they have. Out outside of a outside yes. of those press conferences. Yes, he's been Paul Triple H Levesque. He has. Yeah. Okay, I because. They still call him Hunter half the time. So I, I yeah, but that's that his before, nickname. But that's yeah, that seemed new to me. And I actually kind of made me think they have they announced him chief creative officer. I kind of wish they go back to when they'd call him the COO, even when he wasn't the COO. But I guess now merging real and in, in kayfabe so much, you can't really do that. But yeah, no, every time he's come out as like to make a corporate announcement, like when he unveiled the World Heavyweight Championship, he's been Paul Levesque all those times. But as I was getting to saying, we've spent a lot of time on this, at least this part of the WrestleMania kickoff. We're going to have an absolute ton left to discuss on this topic, and we will cover all of that this coming Tuesday on our next WWE episode. You do not want to miss it. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Chris, let's go ahead and talk about everything else, and there's not that much else uh, that happened on this kickoff. We'll just go through it really quick. Uh, Paul Levesque delivered a long opening statement and talked about WrestleMania 40 kicking off an all new WWE, taking the event and the company into a new era. There was just an empty stage with screens. There were no tables or chairs or anything like a traditional combat sports press conference you mentioned, like a UFC or an MMA press conference would normally have. Also, Triple H did not remain out there. He went backstage. It was Michael Cole and Pat McAfee hosting on the stage. That's why Paul came back out along with Aldis and uh, Pierce once Cody came out and really got into Roman's face. Bianca Belair was the first one out. She pumped up the concept of WrestleMania and her success the last three years. She even mentioned Sasha Banks and said she doesn't know what path she will take, but she'll be at WrestleMania, which basically told us she won't be in a title match, which by the way, is a good thing. Love Bianca. It's a good thing for her to be away from the title. Rhea Ripley was next and she got big mommy chance, promising to walk in and out of Mania as the most dominant woman in the company. She said Bailey choosing Io Shirai, slip up, uh, made sense so that she didn't waste her Royal Rumble win in a match that she could not emerge victorious from. And just as she said, it didn't matter who won Elimination Chamber to face her, Becky Lynch showed up unannounced, promising to win Chamber for the first time and challenge her officially in Australia to a first time ever match. Lynch said she's made a legendary career knocking down the top of the division. And she also dropped this. But it does matter, Rhea. It does matter who you face because I have made a legendary career out of knocking golden girls off their top spot. So mommy, so mommy is gonna learn what it's like to be a bottom. Because that's what happens when the man comes around. That, my friends, is how you do it. It's why Becky Lynch, as I've said many times, is absolutely unmatched as a female female wrestler historically. Full stare down. Adam Pierce came in and broke it up after this. Ripley's command of the stage compared to where she was two years ago, Chris, it was incredible. Her confidence is majorly up. Becky was exceptional as usual. The stare down was perfect. This is the match everyone wants. This is the match everyone needs. This is the match WWE better freaking deliver. I know we're all excited about Roman and Cody and The Rock's going to be on the show and Seth's probably going to be at least against McIntyre, maybe a triple threat. 
this might be what I'm anticipating most at WrestleMania 40. Well, first off, uh, given what Becky just said there, I, I think that deserves a, uh, a hey now drop. Uh, I would say it deserves more than that, but I can acquiesce and hit you up with that. I'm delaying because I need to find it on the soundboard. Again, instant reaction, not completely prepared. It's going to look good, but she's got me saying, hey now. And she did indeed have me saying, hey now, right there. It's interesting because we had assumed, remember, this was going to be the main event of night one, we thought. We Becky hoped. Yeah. Referred to get, yeah, Becky referred to getting back to the main event. And mm-hmm. now this happens, which... I know WWE considers like six different matches to be the main event or whatever. So like, I don't know, but whatever the last match of the night is the main event. So, um, but this was great. We know Rhea is going to beat Nia, but I think that's going to be a great moment for Rhea in Perth to dispatch of Nia. They're not, they're not making, they're not giving you any doubt what it's going to be. We only have one person in this elimination chamber match. We are like several steps away from this match being official and they're just giving it to us right now. That's okay and though. You Cause you need I'm to, fine. you need to promote and, and that I'm match. Fine with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm fine with it because this is going to be an absolutely humongous match between uh, two of the best doing it. And one of them being uh, maybe the best ever. So the way I break this down right now, I'm just curious if you agree with me or whether you disagree with me, whatever the case. So, I think on night two, the main event obviously is going to be Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. I think you're also going to have to have Seth Rollins in a world heavyweight championship match on that show. It either opens it or it's the mid-show main event. Then you're going to have EO Sky against uh, Bailey, and you're going to have Becky Lynch against uh, Rhea Ripley. The question is, where do you place those on the card? And that is the difficulty. I I forgot to mention Bloodline against Cody and Rollins as the night one main event. So the night one main event and night two main event are set. And you have basically three other matches that are the most important ones that need to be booked on this card. Where the hell do you put them? That for me is a huge difficulty and a very tough question to answer. Again, you have to have Rollins and the heavyweight championship on night two. So I think you put one, either you put make that the opener of night two or one of the women's title matches. The other one's the mid-show main event. And the other women's championship match is on night one. Or you put both women's championship matches on night one. One's the opener, one's the mid-show main event. And then you get Bloodline versus Cody and Rollins as the main event of night one. What do you think? Like, how would you arrange it? You've got Seth in the world title thing. And what do you do with that? Do you, do you I guess you have to put both of them on Sunday unless... You're doing the tag match at Elimination Chamber, uh, right. Elimination Chamber, which I, I think is very much a possibility. I, I think um, it's a possibility, but it feels unlikely just because of Seth's injury more than anything else. It, it could, but then but then you're not defending the World Heavyweight Championship. No, you would. He would just at, defend at, it on night two. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, there's so many. I, I don't know. I, it, there's a lot of really good match. We only have like four or five matches and they're all really good matches. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> I don't know where to put them. They're great. Like, this matches. is a good problem. That This is a yeah. good problem to have for sure. Like, is it going to be Drew McIntyre and Sammy in there? Will Priest have cashed in? I, I, I don't know. But if you're doing the two, if, you, if you're having Seth and Cody title matches on night two, mm-hmm. you got to put both women's matches on night one. And I don't, and I would open with Bailey EO. Me too. Because the bigger matches, the bigger matches, Becky Rhea. I think you make that the middle of night in middle of night one. And then you just, what you need to do is you need to build other women's matches for night two. So whether it's women's tag team, Kabuki warriors type of match, whether it's Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill against them as a tag team, I think that makes all the sense in the world. That would be great. Uh, But it could also be Bianca and Jade one-on-one. I think you saved that, but that's a possibility. Liv Morgan can get involved in something. You know, there's other really talented women, of course, in the company that could carry their own, whether it's in a singles match or whether it's a multi-person match, but you're going to need to put women's matches on night two. You can't just make it exclusively to night one. Right. So it'll be interesting. That's what I would guess, by the way, right now, Kabuki warriors against Bianca and Jade. I, I, I don't know anything. Yeah. Just feels like a really good possibility for that night two uh, main event. Maybe Bianca and Jade both wind up in elimination chamber, become friendly in there. Something happens. I don't know. We, you know, we can figure it out as the process goes, but I'm with you. I think both women's matches uh, for the, the singles titles need to be on night one. And I agree. Bailey and EO opens, Becky and Rhea mid-show main event, Bloodline Cody and Rollins, the main event of that show. Then you go to night two, the Rollins match opens, Roman Cody is the main event, and 
maybe the Intercontinental Championship is that mid-show match with um, Gunther against whomever he ends up fighting. We don't know. Let's not forget, by the way, we also have Jay and Jimmy. And I'm just realizing this now. They could easily make it a six-man. Rock, Roman, Jimmy, Cody, Rollins, Jay. I mean, I think you need to do Jay and Jimmy one-on-one on the show, but maybe they don't. It's another option. I wouldn't put them in there because no offense to them. They are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They're nowhere near close to star power. Yeah. They're nowhere near close to everybody else that would be in the ring. For sure. It it would be, it would be too much. I'm just saying that's a lot of bloodline. Like now you're having two bloodline matches already. If you do Jay and Jimmy, that's a third. That's a lot on two nights. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, look, I tell you what, I can't wait till we get rock face to face with Jimmy and solo. You know, we, oh we haven't God. had the rock address the entire bloodline. We're going to get that. At Dude, some seeing point. all of them together with Heyman there would be sick. Like all, all yeah. five of them. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we're going to get that at some point. And by the way, you're Jay and like you're having a great, you know, part of your career. You're off doing your own thing as a single star, like you're getting over. But like this is a very rare opportunity to be with your entire family in a storyline. He'd be the only one not part of that. That, that would kind of suck to a degree. You know, if you're him, you're like, oh, my God, everyone's together and I'm not there. You know, but again, he's having his own success, so that's fine. Um, all right, look, let's wrap this up, right? Uh, here's my takeaways really quick from this event. Just other things that need to be said before we get out of here, before we get into Tuesday's WWE show. I didn't like that Bailey wasn't there. She literally won the Women's Royal Rumble. She has a match set. You don't want to have EO there. That's fine. Bailey should have been there. She should have been on the poster. It's kind of ridiculous that they're not using her uh, to the best of their ability. Elimination Chamber Women's Match was announced. It's going to be multi-brand. So SmackDown Women and Raw Women are both going to compete. I don't have a problem with that. Put as many stars in that match as you possibly can. Um, They announced WWE Speed, which is going to be five-minute matches that are exclusive on Twitter. Those are the only other uh, notes and takeaways I had from you or for you from this. Chris, any thoughts on those before we get out of here? Uh, CM Punk wants somebody to punch somebody in the mouth. That's another one of my takeaways there. It's, uh, you know, he's a week out of surgery. We don't know what they're going to do. We've talked, hey, could he just sit on commentary for a bit. The reports that they want him around to do some stuff. And I thought he brought a lot of energy to that panel. He got a little bit repetitive a couple times, but he, he, there's just, he's, he's really, really good at talking. And I think he, he was really good in that spot. Would love to have him just continue to pop up around and do some stuff. Um, him saying, this is basically like in professional wrestling, we solve things by punching people in the face or something like that. We got to get that for, for a drop on the show later. Um, but, but that was really good. Good to see Big E. He, you know, yes. he, he gave the normal update. Good. He gave the normal update on his My neck, neck is doing well. Good. No further information. Like, we just want to know if you're coming back, dog. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. But again, good to just, again, see him. We always yeah. see him out doing stuff in USFL and all these I charity know. things, but we don't we don't see him on WWE very much. So it's really nice to see him there. Um, I thought the, the panel was, was good and McAfee was good. And uh, yeah, I, I did not know what to expect from this thing um over delivered right not, it, it wasn't it was not at all a press conference um but it was incredibly hot and entertaining and we're back on the right path as we hit the road to wrestlemania and the road to wrestlemania for the getting over wrestling podcast it may have taken some turns as well because chris i said to you earlier in this week i don't know if i'm really that excited to go to philadelphia anymore for this I uh, kind of changed my tune a little bit here on <laughs> Thursday night. So we might both be in the city of brotherly love. We might not be. I have some decisions uh, to make when it comes to WrestleMania. I also have some decisions to make when it comes to this show in terms of what the hell we're going to do with all this content we have coming up. As of right now, I have been told we're going to have some exclusive audio from the WrestleMania kickoff event. I had a couple friends there. They're going to send in a little bit of audio for us. If that does turn out to be something, we will combine that with all those interviews I did from the Royal Rumble Junket, and we will do a special edition of the podcast next week, one additional bonus show to what we're already doing, our WWE episode coming up on Tuesday, and our NXT AEW episode coming up on Thursday. We have done a lot of talking about professional wrestling over the last couple of weeks. I'm exhausted. I know you're exhausted. It is past 10.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. The Silver King has not taken a bite of food over this entire day. I need to get to that. You probably need an ice cold beverage. We both need to call it quits for tonight. As mentioned, we'll be back on Tuesday with our next WWE show. We will talk much more about this, certainly 
anything we learn uh, from a news capacity, along with a second look back at all the segments on TV that led us into this, as well as the WrestleMania kickoff. We'll tackle that on the Tuesday WWE episode, along with our normal recap of SmackDown and Raw Thursday, as mentioned, AEW and NXT. On the way out, allow me to remind you that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast is all about Defy. So please head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings on Apple. Take a little extra time. Leave a five-star written review. If you do, we'll read it live right here on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news, analysis, highlights, all of that good stuff. And please also remember, I happen to love the number five. And I hope you do as well, because for $5 a month or 50 for the entire year, you can become an official getting overhead. With that, you get bonus audio, you get exclusive news posts, and much more. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. Thank you very much to vintage Chris Vanini for joining your boy, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, for our second instant reaction in as many weeks. I think our third overall this year already, and what are we only... 39 days into 2024. It has been quite a ride, but we're going to wrap it up right now for Vintage. This is the Silver King signing off and leaving you with just three final words. Bye for now.